We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, I am the captivating, motivating, tentilating, and money-making Mr. Carl Bourne Jr. And I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. Yo, people. Listen, um, I have to say this. Let me, first of all, what's up to the people? This, this is what I have to say. Shout out to everybody who leaves us a review. And here's why. You guys, I... I ain't gonna lie. We might be one of the few podcasts with a 5.0 review on everything. All y'all love us. Now, I'm saying this knowing that somebody's gonna be a hater and leave us a negative review. And if you do that, it's okay. I'm gonna read it on the show because I love all kinds of reviews. All publicity in this instance is fantastic publicity. But no, shout out to everybody who's uh, supported us so far. I'm excited for this episode. I know last week I said it was an episode to, to watch out for. And it was true in the moment. But this one, let me just leave that there. This one, I hope you're ready. All right, Paul, thank you for that. <laughs> As you can see, my co-host is very animated. Uh, without further ado, though, guys, you know, every week we love to bring you special guests. We love to bring you people that help upgrade your life, your business, all the above. This week is no exception with that being said. Man, we got a we got a PT student turned full blown entrepreneur on here. So this one is a this one's gonna be pretty interesting. Um, without further ado, I do want to go ahead and introduce our guest for today. He's the owner of Stop Their Scrolling LLC, where he does consulting for business owners and helps them with paid traffic and copywriting. Guys, we have the man, the myth, the legend. We have David Carlano in the building. <laughs> Yes, sir. David, what's up, man? Thank you so much for joining us. How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling great. I was listening to a few of your guys' podcast episodes before, and you guys have brought some seriously amazing guests on. So, man, I'm just, I'm so honored to be here. I'm really pumped. Looking at my journey from a PT student to where I'm at now, it's insane. So, like, ask away, man. I'm I'm ready for this. Absolutely, man. We're just grateful for the opportunity so let's get right into it we always like to say right out the gate you know where should we start besides why because how can you really get into a story how can you really get into being able to impact other people if they don't even know the why behind who you are and what you do what you do um so with that being said let's hop right into it and this is going to be kind of a, a two-way street for you right because like I said at the beginning, PT student turned entrepreneur. So tell us, why did you choose to pursue the field of physical therapy? And then when did that bridge kind of come in where it was like, ah, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. And you went the entrepreneur route. Yeah. So the reason I chose physical therapy is not like other people. Other people usually get into physical therapy because they were injured and went to physical therapy or their family member was injured and they saw them going to PT. I took a career test in high school and it spit out a random answer and it said physical therapy. I'm like, okay, like, I don't know what that is, but like, I'm always a musician. I'm always on stage and I like to move around. I don't like to sit still in the classroom. So when I got an internship in high school, I went to across the street to a PT clinic. I'm like, this is awesome. I get to move around and talk to people all day. Heck yeah, sign me up. So that was my focus. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I just guess I'm going to do physical therapy. So I went through the whole route, worked in undergrad, staying up to 2 a.m. While everyone was out drinking, I was in the library, falling asleep on the floor, trying to study. Like, true story. My librarian sort of like kicked me. I was like, hey, man, like, need to go get sleep. I'm like, no, I'm not done yet. So I went through that whole game. I got into an Ivy League school. And I'm telling you this because I got into the school 
bombed out of it. I was an outcast. It just wasn't for me. A lot of the professors were made it very clear, like, hey, this, this isn't for you, man. And at the time I was upset with them, but then I realized like, no, 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 they were right. They saw something I didn't. So I failed out of that school. Three days later, joined Greg Todd's mastermind to figure out like, hey, like I want to, I want to have a clinic someday. I don't just want to be a PT. I have that entrepreneurial spark and drive. And I was going back. I was, <laughs> I submit my application to PT costs again, got back in to this Ivy League school and then at a mastermind retreat had this epiphany like wait a minute this isn't what I want to do so like a normal kid I rescinded my application to this school and decided to move down to Florida then a global pandemic hit and then I moved uh, 2,500 miles away to work with an entrepreneur and do my own thing and that's a really like spark notes version there was a lot more in there so what got me into physical therapy was, like I said, the ability to move and communicate and work with people. What got me out of it was because I think we delude ourselves into thinking something is right for us, but really it's all we ever know. And I realized like, wait a second, like I'm just, I put myself in a box. I've been playing tic-tac-toe this whole time because I didn't know that there was chess. And then I got into marketing and realized like, oh wait, I actually really like this. This is something that not only am I good at, but it's also something that I can grow myself with. It's something I can grow businesses with. Right now I'm working for Steve Larson, also a contractor for Brad Gibb and uh, Ryan Lee. And I'm realizing like, oh wait, whoa, this is a talent. This is a skill that I need to hone down because I can not only build businesses, I can also create wealth and freedom. So that's how I got into it. It's a pretty crazy convoluted process. And I might've had to pay a couple of student loans I didn't need to, but at the end of the day, it, it's not about how many turns you take. It's about staying on the path. Dude, I, li I like that. And, um, you know, I actually remember particularly so what many of you guys might not know about David is how serious he gets about stuff. And I remember us legitimately 40 minutes from where I'm sitting on the rooftop. And he was talking about like, I'm going to sleep on the floor until I make this work. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, he said it, I was just like, that brother's tripping right now. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm about to go to bed, but no, I, I bring that up just because it kind it, it definitely highlights the willingness to put yourself in a discomfort right yeah to get what you wanted so the question i have for you knowing what you know now where you are now right i don't want to spend too much time in the pt world i want to like go heavy into entrepreneurship sure if you could go back to that first day when you like realized i want to be an entrepreneur but you had all those questions in your head about what how who do i even talk to what would you actually it could be advice it could be just like Go tell yourself this one thing to put yourself on the right path, to set yourself up for even more success than where you are. What would that thing be? And why would it make sense to tell yourself that thing? I would say I sleep on the couch, not the floor. But uh, in all seriousness, what I would say is, man, look at your numbers. Your numbers will tell you where you need to go. They will help you close the gap. And back when I realized like what entrepreneurialism was, that was when I watched Greg Todd's first video. And I was like, wow, this guy's like, he, this guy's blowing on the spark that's been in me that no one has ever validated before. And if you don't know Greg Todd, he's an incredible entrepreneur, super inspiring. And uh, one thing that I didn't do for the longest time when I did move down to Florida and literally slept on the floor what, what I didn't do was look at my numbers. I was very emotional and passionate, which is a good thing, but it can also delude you into believing you're making progress when you're actually not. When you have to look at your numbers and say like, hey, I ain't making money from this. And as awesome as passion and purpose is in business, business is about making money. It's about taking home money. That's what a business is. Otherwise you have a charity. So that's something that in the beginning, Man, I would have, <laughs> I would have saved myself about a year of heartbreak and sleeping on floors and having like two meals a day, 
if I just looked at my numbers and focused on what's working and what's not working. So with that, with that being said, it, <laughs> it's just funny, uh, you know, honestly, being, being here talking because we all have, have that common factor of uh, Greg Todd being someone that, you know, was very influential in this journey for us, you know, so it's just kind of funny because we always like to preach to people the importance of just networking right and, and understanding the importance of that and a lot of people don't understand that even from a, a podcast side of things like for us the the way our the way our network has expanded over the last year and and a half now that that we've been doing otc you know it it's just incredible you know the opportunities that have been opened up and um I, I remember actually, David, I want to say this was this was maybe either last year or 2019. But I remember um, at that point of time when I was introduced to you, it was from uh, Will Boyd. Shout out to shout out to Will real quick. Will and Alex, those 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 guys are incredible. Um, but I remember they had their course. Uh, which was the make money while in school. They changed the name of it. I, I forget what the name of it changed. To. Yeah. Um, and I remember they brought you in to do the, the the video portion of things, you know. And so for the longest time, we, me personally, I knew you was like, oh yeah, David, like he's the the video guru, right? And then uh, over the last couple of months. You know, it's been interesting because then it was like, oh, wait, like he's the ads guru now. And uh, <laughs> that was that was like a that was like a shift for me because I had to start looking at it like, oh, man, like it's it's like, yeah, he knows how to do the video stuff. But his niche, his market now is in the ads. And so I kind of want to bridge over to that because I think this is something that a lot of entrepreneurs <clears throat> kind of struggle with and, and, and have some difficulty. And that's with this notion of maybe, and, and you kind of spoke on this a little bit just now because you, you mentioned the fact that business is about making money. So yeah, you can have all the passion and enthusiasm in the world, <clears throat> but if you don't have any dollars to show for what you're doing, maybe it's time to reconsider, right? Now, a lot of entrepreneurs look at what they're doing and they can say like, okay, you know, maybe I'm like, I'm making, I'm making some dollars here, right? I'm making some money. Let's say for instance, like for you, it was, it was in the, the video world, right? And then you transitioned into where you are now with the marketing and the ads. So how do entrepreneurs successfully bridge that gap to where they're able to kind of transition from one playing field to another and still be able to kind of tap into the success in that realm? Yeah, that's a good question. I think some people mistaken it for intelligence. I am not the smartest kid in the room. I am definitely not. All the smart kids would go out to drink and I would study so I could get half the grades that they got. When it comes down to it, it comes down to uh, adaptability and about doing the effing work, man. The reason why I learned ads was originally I was brought on to Steve Larson's team. He said, well, we need a video guy. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like I've, I've done videos. I've edited podcasts. Like this is what I'm doing to make money because my other business isn't making jack. It wasn't even a business. So I learned videos and podcast editing because I'm like, okay, cool. Like this can bring in a little bit of money. I can have chicken with my rice now. Like, okay, like we're moving up in the world. And then I got to Steve, I was doing videos for him. Then he outsourced it to an agency. And he said, you know, we need someone in-house to run ads. Do you want to do it? And I went, yes, give me, give me, give me two weeks, give, give me two months. And he's like, all right, like give you two months, go. So I went nuts. I got my hands on different courses, started reading like Claude Hopkins and David Ogilvy, all of these people, and just tried to learn the darn thing and just use that level of obsessiveness from my undergrad years. I'm like, okay, cool. Just divert the focus. 
So I've learned ads. I learned copywriting as an extension. And just recently, you know, Brad Gibb was like, hey, can you run ads for what, what I'm doing? It's not cash flow tactics. It's a new thing I want to do. And you're running ads for Steve and you bought me a mug with my face on it. Cause like I, I network, like you said, it, it's all about your network. So I got ads for him. I started running ads for him. And then Steve said, Hey man, you know what? You're good at running ads, but we need someone that can handle a bigger budget than you. And you're not ready for that yet. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, please hire someone better. I don't want to stand in the way of this company getting big. So he said, but you know what, David, you're really good at copywriting. I've never seen anybody who could write hooks like you. And so can you learn that for me? And I went, absolutely. And then I just did that again. I stayed up late. I worked early mornings and just read and studied on what I could. I look at my numbers, say, okay, cool. This email worked. This email didn't. All right, let's go back to the data and figure out what it takes. So when it comes to entrepreneurs bridging that gap, you're, you're going to suck. That's the point. Like no one is good at something to start out with. Nobody. Like the first time you pick up a guitar, you're probably going to sound pretty horrible for a year or two. It takes time. It takes time and patience and not comparing yourself to others because it doesn't matter. It does. I'm certainly not the best ads driver. I'm certainly not the best copywriter, but you know what? It doesn't matter. If I can get a result and I have people around me who are willing to pay for that result, and that's it. Man, you a first year clinician and you got good relationships with your patients. They will pay you to the moon and back. They don't care about your experience. They don't care that you went to an Ivy League school. They don't care, man. All they care about is if you can solve their problem and do so in a way that they still like you afterward. You know, you, you mentioned just now being able to solve problems, right? And the reason I, I highlight that is because I think it tends to, well, obviously it translates into advertising, like clearly. But I think when people hear advertising, like in the in the day and age that we live in, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody hears ads. What do they automatically start thinking about? More than likely what? Facebook. Spam. Spam. All, all of like that, those guys you know in the Gucci sunglasses all that, that they rented. All that stuff, exactly. All that nonsense. And the thing that, oh, those Oakley ads. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've been getting them a lot and I'm just like what yeah. about me says I wear Oakley's um I just need to know but the reason I bring that up is because I want to you know have you kind of dispel or break down a few of these myths and misconceptions about the advertising industry and help people understand what advertising really is because I need people to know it's not just that little thing that pops across your, your thing and you're just like, ooh, Amazon. Like, it's not that all the time, right? Yeah. So, you know, just break down what are maybe two, right? Let's just keep it simple. What are like two big myths or misconceptions that people have about advertising that you see and you're like, that's stupid and I wish you knew better? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number one is... If you're, if ads are annoying you, it's because someone on the other side is doing them wrong. That's number one. If you're advertising to a customer and you're being relentless with that customer, it's because you know that there's a problem that you can solve with your product. It don't matter if you're an e-com, if you're an info product, if you're SaaS, it doesn't matter. It's about solving a problem and getting, researching the customer and getting to know them so intimately that you can present a solution to them. And they're like, wow, this person actually gets me. Like they're not putting Oakley hats in front of you and just hoping that you buy it. You know, they know that, oh wait, no, no, Paul likes this. He likes this, 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 and this. So I'm going to show him that because then it's not annoying because then it's, wow, wait, this person gets me like, okay, maybe, maybe on Thursday, I'll take a look at that. And that's, that's what advertising is. It's to pique curiosity so you can start a conversation that's already happening in the prospect's head. Advertising is annoying if you do it wrong. That's number one. Number two, what I wish people knew about advertising. Oh my gosh, it's that they work. I've heard so many times like, oh, Facebook ads don't work. Oh, YouTube ads don't work. It's like, well, why do you think they're there? All right, that's kind of like saying cars don't work. Look outside, look on the road. You see cars on the road, why? It's because they're doing what they were meant to do, all right? You see Facebook ads, you see YouTube ads, Pinterest, TikTok. Um, it, it means that 
they're, they're being tracked and someone's making coin off of them. That's it. And it's not that ads don't work. It's just that you put money into Facebook, let's say, and you got no purchases off. No, 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 the ads worked. They showed you that your product, your offer, your language, your creative, your copy didn't align with the market, which is why no one bought. So actually your ads did work. Ads always work. They, and they're, they're pretty brutally honest. If, if people don't like your stuff, believe me, you'll know very quickly. And, you know, actually, now that you mentioned that, I started thinking about something I do personally, and I'm sure other people do it. And I do specifically with Instagram ads. When I'll see an ad that I, you know, I'm just like, oh, wow. It's almost like you knew I had this problem. I'll actually DM myself the ad, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm like, in this moment, I can't really pay attention to it, but I'm going to send it to myself to look at it later, right? And I think a lot of people tend to, almost kind of give up assuming that people just don't well, I mean if you're annoying them you're annoying them but you almost think like people don't care right so for the for the entrepreneur that wants to advertise right and is dealing with people like me who will literally see your ads and dm it to myself to look at it later knowing that later probably is like three weeks from now right how do you help people like me make a decision to look at it closer to tomorrow versus a month from now how, how do you bridge that gap yeah so i think it, it comes down to what we call the buying cycle how long does it take from someone who sees your product first hears of your brand likes a post to the actual purchase and guys this i even said this in my story like it's about longevity if you run an ad for three days and you're like no one bought something well no duh they're, like you said, Paul, like sometimes you're going to save the ad and be like, oh, cool. Like, that's great. But I'm on the toilet right now and I got to go because like my girl's at the door and like we need to leave for the restaurant. So like we got to go like guys, guys, your your ads aren't for entrepreneurs who are thinking of running ads like, man, your ads aren't a priority in that person's life. So that's why you got to be relentless. Follow up. Another thing that I tell entrepreneurs, don't run ads on something you ain't tested yet. Like make sure that your stuff sells first make sure you are a reputable brand first then you run ads and then you look at your numbers and say hey does my budget actually align with this if i'm if i have a 47 dollar product and i want to spend 30 dollars a day in ads that's not good that that's a really you're setting yourself up for failure even if you do have a proven product but if you have a $3000 coaching program Man, you could you could lose two thousand dollars on ads, quote unquote, get one sale, and not only have you self liquidated, but you made profit. So I think to answer your original question, bridging that gap, look at your numbers again. Are people interacting with the ad? Um, are you okay with spending the money you are? Are you tracking leads? Like, man, there's a whole career behind it. But at the end of the day, just look at your numbers. Are you okay with spending this and have people bought or became a lead? That's it. I, I kind of want to, speaking of, speaking of numbers, I kind of want to piggyback off of that a little bit. And this is, now this is more for the, the people that are listening and they say, okay, David, we hear you. We, we understand what you're saying. I'm really interested in, in doing some ads for my business but I'm not quite sure what that looks like to be able to balance investing money in ads and as well as making sure that what I'm putting in is going to be equivalent to what I need to get back out. So even from a standpoint of like reinvesting, not, not just in the ads, but how do people balance reinvesting back into their business and paying themselves based off of the ads as well? That's a, it's a preloaded question. Um, so when it comes down to it, obviously I say, look at your numbers. I'll tattoo that on my forehead. And that ain't nothing, that has nothing to do with how good you are at math. My twin brother's an engineer. He absorbed all the math in the womb. It's, it's really just about focusing on, okay, cool. I made X amount of dollars this month. How much of that am I willing to put into Facebook? What if, what if nothing quote unquote works, even though ads work? What if my offer doesn't work? Like, am I willing to lose 300, 3,000, $30,000? Am I willing to 
to not make anything off of this because you do need to test ads for a while. It takes time and you might want to hire somebody to help you that knows what they're doing. So when it comes down to it, ads, I say ads don't save your business. They accelerate your business. So if your offer is doing well, then man, run ads to it. If, if it fits your business model, run ads to it. If your clinic's killing it and you, you feel ready and you're like, okay, cool, I'm going to hire a PT and we already have a lot of good word of mouth and things are coming in and we're happy about it. Cool. Let's run some ads to it. Try and, and like try and get your clinic even more profitable while still being able to fulfill on what your patients want. Great. Run ads. But if you say like, oh, you know, I just started my clinic and, you know, I'm just getting out there and uh, my front desk doesn't really know what's going on and we don't have like a script to answer the phone. And yeah, I'm just going to run ads and see what happens. Well, yeah, ads will accelerate how bad your business is because like you, you'll run yourself into the ground. You're going to get a ton of leads from Facebook that you're not going to follow up, follow up with. And then you're going to be like, wow, I wasted $500 on ads that didn't work. It's like, well, your business wasn't ready for them. So when it comes to investment, I would say set a budget for yourself. Say, I'm going to test this. And if none of this quote unquote works, my business is going to be fine. And I can still feed my family. That's, that's like the line. Ads will not save you. I think Alex Engar said that. He was very clear. Ads will not save your business. In fact, they will accelerate your business into failure if things aren't set up right. So that's what I would say. Set a budget, make sure you're tracking your ads daily. Make sure you're looking at the numbers and saying, is this what I want? So now this is more so because <laughs> I gotta make sure I'm taking care of, of, uh, of, of, of my students too, right? We gotta take care of, of our student listeners. Yeah. And um, I, know, I know for myself, like I've been able to, me and Paul have been able to make money, you know, via our whole SEO ads tandem that we have going on with our business. And like, one thing that I kind of want to want to ask you, not not from a standpoint of the ads, but from a standpoint of copywriting, because I know, I know you've dived into the copywriting as well. It's just what does it look like from a from a standpoint of a student who may be in school and they're thinking and let me let me kind of preface this question a little bit one thing that me and paul have been discussing and talking about putting out there is kind of showing pt students how they can make money while they're in school right because a mm -hmm. lot of a lot of them complain like you know student loans I'm a broke college student. I, you know, ramen noodles is my life. <laughs> all that good stuff, right? We we know the struggle. Yeah. We know it. Um, and the thing that I'm trying, that we're trying to get them to see is not even just from a standpoint of when you're in school, but when you leave school, what does it look like when you're sitting in an interview and your employer is telling you like, oh, I'll give you 68 or 70, you know, and and you're like, well, who does the marketing for you guys? Oh, we don't have someone that does the marketing or we have someone here, like we pay them X amount. How much more money would you give me if I was able to do that stuff and deliver for you? Um, and so the question that I have in regards to that from, from a copywriting standpoint, what does that look like to be able to get that as an additional skill that can kind of, add on to your resume in terms of getting hired or even in terms of if you wanted to do some side hustle stuff like how is that impactful and for those people who don't know what is copywriting sure so copywriting is using words writing words according to specific formulas to help people buy, to help people come to a decision, to buy, to click on an ad, to go to a clinic, to call a number. Copy is what Claude Hopkins, who is like the father of modern marketing, he said, copy is salesmen in print. That's all it is. If you're reading an ad, it's because a copywriter wrote it, hopefully, right? Hopefully it wasn't a CEO who just spit something out and people were like, okay, cool. Like whatever you say, boss. 
So that's what copywriting is. It's an entire science. It's an art. It's actually not as hard as people think. If you understand human nature well enough, and I think as a physical therapy student, unless you're a textbook doctor, you understand people well enough. You have a good grasp on human nature. If you can do that, you've already got the first aspect, copywriting. Now to, to answer like more of your question, I also think if you're a broke college student, you ain't got nobody to blame but yourself. Like, man, man, get a job, get a side hustle, get off your butt. If you want, if you want eggs in your ramen, like, like do something, do something, man. No one's going to give it to you. Nobody. I don't care who you are. And if mommy and daddy give it to you, like, well, good luck. Life's going to hit you even harder. But man, like if you want money, make it do something about it. So, and you're like, okay, David, well, that's great. How do I make money with copywriting? Especially if I go into the workforce and talk to physical therapists who might not even know what copywriting is. It's really simple. I think what you said, uh, Carl, about putting it under the umbrella uh, umbrella of marketing, that's what I would do. So in social media posts, in emails, again, what are you trying to do? What is your end goal? You're trying to get people to the clinic. That's it. You're trying to either re-engage patients who already trust you and like you guys enough to go to you. You're trying to re-engage just in case like they tweak their back over the weekends. And you're like, hey, like, you know, we have a space open if you're interested. Using that, using your copywriting skills to write emails, to write posts, to even write YouTube videos to attract people to your clinic as well. You know, I love what I'm doing here at Capitalist Pig HQ with Steve Larson because I realize it's providing a base for everything I want to do in my life. You understand marketing, you understand human psychology, means you understand how to sell. If you can sell things for people and make money for people who are way richer than you, you're going to find your value in the market goes up and then you get paid more. It is really that simple. If you're a PT with a degree, like you just another PT, you're not special. You're not. I know, I know you graduated from an Ivy League school and you have the white coat and oh, yay, like congratulations. Like you're just like everybody else. So if you want to differentiate yourself, I would say learn copywriting, learn marketing, listen to what Paul and Carl are telling you guys. You're not as special as you think you are. And that's okay. It's about learning skills that will make you an asset. So when, so when it goes around and they're like, oh, we need to make budget cuts. We need to fire some PTs. They go to your name and they're like, oh, wait, no, no, no. We can't let Carl go. Like he does our marketing. That's what it comes down to. So you can't be fired. The whole company is hinging on you. So that's what I would say. Become an asset. Don't just be a PT. Please, please be more because then you can charge more. I just had to let the church organ play for a second. <laughs> so I have two different sets of questions. I was going to ask just one or the other, but I'm going to ask all of them. Okay. Go for it. Um, Let's start with the first set of questions. Um, if those of y'all listening have absolutely no idea who David is, um, you may not know that he wrote the Ten Commandments of social media ads. Um, commandment number two specifically and commandment number four. Number two was there's no such thing as losing money on ads. Number four being never run ads to an offer that doesn't work. That doesn't work. Right? Let's talk about those two and here's why. I think a lot of people, and you know, this is why I've, I've, I've given the example on this show of why I hate the little promote button on Instagram. Because to me, that's like taking a $20 bill, walking to the Grand Canyon and saying, boom, I hope somebody catches it and just waiting, <laughs> right? That's literally what it I is. I love that. You're just like, I hope somebody catches it in the Grand Canyon, randomly. Like, I just hope it works. But I think a lot of people become afraid of spending money, which is such a, anyway, they, they become afraid on spending money on ads, right? Shout out to all y'all who paid hundreds of thousands for school, um, but won't put up a thousand bucks for some ads. Um, they become afraid of running some ads because there's this notion of, I don't want to lose money running ads. Yeah. Right? So I want to talk about this portion. Why do, because, you know, you've done the research, but why do people 
lie to themselves about this like idea that you're gonna lose money on ads and then the second part being commandment number four never run ads to an offer that doesn't work right talk about these two why they're so important that you had to include them in the ten commandments yeah number two when people are scared to lose money quote unquote I think a lot of people, doesn't matter if they're business people, doesn't matter if they're clinicians, it doesn't matter if they own a pet store, it doesn't matter if they knit quilts. Like, I think a lot of us grow up with false beliefs around money and we think, oh, we need to save. Oh, we need to do this. Oh, money's bad. Oh, money's evil. You know, I grew up uh, with um, Italian American parents and a lot of like their parents and great grandparents immigrated here from Italy or from Hungary. And you, you get a lot of that like immigrant, like save everything, save everything, 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 everything. It's like, well, what are we saving for? Like after a while, it's like money goes down in value over time. Like they don't realize that money goes down. Houses go up, cars go down, but money, if you save a thousand dollars now, it's not going to be a thousand dollars in the future because there's such thing as inflation. And the issue is we grow up with these false beliefs about money that we don't realize are there until we have to undo them. And it's painful and it sucks. So when I talk to business owners who are like, yeah, you know, uh, I just, I don't, I don't want to waste money on ads. It's like, well, you're doing, you're doing five, 10 K, 20 K a month. Like if you put in a thousand dollars, again, look at your numbers. If you put in a thousand dollars to make a five thousand dollar sale, you've you've netted you've netted what four four thousand dollars. That's four thousand dollars that you wouldn't have had before. But people usually can't see past. Oh, but if I spend a thousand dollars, what's going to happen? Well, nothing if you're doing it right. Like nothing. Your business will go on as usual. And guess what? You get to write it off. You get to write it off. That's a thousand dollars. You're not paying the darn IRS like for crying out loud. But again, it's that fear. It's also, I think the fear of what if I mess up? What if people know I messed up? Like, oh, 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 but, 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 but what if, what if people know I messed up? It's like, man, you got to go to therapy. Like you got to figure out your money, false beliefs and why you need to look so damn perfect all the time. Like I'm straight up in my podcast. I say, Hey, I tried this thing. It didn't work. It sucked. But people can't do that. I think it's just a lot of personal stuff. So that's number two. That's commandment number two. Commandment number four, never run ads to an offer that doesn't work. Again, go to therapy. Your pride is getting in the way of what the market's telling you. And I know this from personal experience. I should have ended the condition musician, which was my first heavy quotation marks business. I, I thought I was doing the right thing. And I knew like, oh, this is my passion. Oh, this is what I'm going to do. Oh, this is this. Oh, this is that. I'm just going to push through. I'm going to push through. I probably would have ran ads to, to some of my offers because I was in that frame of mind like, oh, this is untouchable. This is pristine. I'm amazing at this. I have more passion. I'm better than other people. And it's this sort of like business narcissism that gets into our heads and we think our offers can't be touched. We think that we're just better than other people. And we might be, but you know what? Maybe the offer isn't what people want. And people oftentimes they'll say, okay, cool. I built this entire course without asking anybody about it and asking and testing what the market wanted. Built this whole course, going to sell it for $9.97. You put it out there, you run ads to it and you're like, oh, well, Facebook ads don't work and my customers are stupid. No, no, no. The customer, the customer is the one giving you the money. The problem is you made a course for you, not for them. So you ran ads to it and it didn't work. Congratulations. The ads worked, actually. They just showed you that your offer sucked. So I think it's important for us as entrepreneurs, business owners, media buyers to put aside our ego and let the market make the decision. Say, hey, this is what the market wants. So we just give them more of it. Right. Like if, if how many of y'all have ever gotten like a Christmas gift from your aunt, your aunt Gretchen, and she knitted you this hideous sweater and you're like, oh, thanks, Aunt Gretchen. Thanks so much. Wouldn't it have been easier if Aunt Gretchen just like asked you what you wanted. And then she's like, oh, oh so uh, so Paul, what do you want? It's like, oh, you know what? I really just want a thirty five dollar Amazon gift card. And then on Christmas, she gave you the thirty five dollar Amazon gift card. 
both of you win. She gave you what you wanted, so you're happy. And you got what you wanted, so you're happy. But we don't do that. We just build stuff and we expect people to buy it. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that, man. So that's number two. Don't run ads to an offer that doesn't work unless you're willing to say, cool, I'm going to put in $500 and see what the market says. And I'm totally okay with losing, with quote unquote, losing the money, but you're not losing the money. You're paying for data to validate your offer. So that's it. That's really it. So that's number four. Okay. Okay. All right. So now let's talk about the other side of business. Yeah. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but people tend to, at least from my observation of it and internal understanding, I noticed that a lot of people tend to have a problem with this thing called capitalism. Right. Um, and I, y'all, I, 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 I genuinely sat down and thought about this, like truly thought about this. And I landed at this conclusion. A lot of people, I'm gonna sound deep right now. Y'all better get these notes ready. Listeners, y'all gonna write this down. A lot of people have a problem with capitalism because they're being capitalized instead of doing the capitalizing, right? Catch this. So I think a lot of people have an issue with capitalism because they're being capitalized. Like that's just, it, that, it is what it is. Let's just call it as it is. They're not doing the capitalizing. They're just being capitalized. So they tend to have this issue. But I've noticed the successful business people, they capitalize and they capitalize hard and heavy. And there's a certain understanding and mindset and I can even talk about Christianity, but that's not what we're here for. A lot of y'all have let church ruin your business. But that I mean, like, mm. you, let, you mm. let your need for... <laughs> anyway, um, this is not... I'm sorry, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Um, look, I... <laughs> listen, I'm going to have Christians boycotting the show. No, no, no. Let's no. get into but it. But that I mean, I, you know, let's even talk about that. Let me bring that into yeah. And this will make mm -hmm. sense, right? And this will make sense from your perspective because you're in the perfect sure. position to understand that when it comes to getting after it and doing what you got to do as a business owner, you get it done, right? So I think a lot of people, especially like, and me as a Christian myself, I understand that I cannot bring my Christian theology into the capitalist workplace. I think a lot of people have that issue with capitalism because I'm really hoping in my faith and I'm trusting in my faith and it works, but then I can't pull up to the business marketplace and really hope that somebody else is gonna see my hope and see my faith and say, yeah, let's do business. Mm -hmm. Like it just don't work like that. Yeah. It, it's capitalism. It, it, it just don't work like that, right? Man. So what I wanna talk about, because I, on this side of entrepreneurship, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially new ones tend to miss it. They really tend to miss it. They see all these people crushing it. You know, shout out to my boy, Jeff Bezos. I just, I don't know about y'all, but if I could go to space with my boys, I'm in there. Like, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. If I could go to space with my people, I'm in there. But a lot of people see the people crushing it and, and they tend to miss out um, on what gets them there, right? I actually heard Jeff Bezos talk about in an interview where he was like, people don't tend to understand a lot of those Amazon VPs only work like six hours a day and they get like 10 hours of sleep because they get all that sleep to make like one to two decisions a day. But these one to two decisions have an impact in the multiples of hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Mm -hmm. Like you pulling up to work, clocking in nine to five and you're about to make like a thousand bucks. They got to say yes to something and they're either losing or making 500 million. Like, it's, there's levels to it, right? So the thing I want you to talk about and bring it in, you know, because you transitioned, you transitioned from the healthcare space into like where like everything becomes, bro, we here to make that bread. Like that's what we're right. doing. Um, the objective being the day is to hit the metrics, see the numbers, <laughs> create the cash flow, and um, just you know get paid. Like that's what it is, right? We're here to yeah. get paid. So Absolutely. what is it? that people start to lose or what is it that hasn't clicked? Maybe what was it that clicked for you, right? Understand it, because people, like I said, people are capitalism and they're like, because you're not doing the capitalizing, you can't see how beneficial it is. Yeah, 
So yeah, what man. is it that's not clicking? What is it that clicked for you that got you to say like, holy crap. If I just here's like, yeah, get paid. Like, what yeah. was it? man, here's what it is. I think it was when I was in sleeping on my twin brother's couch bank account was in the negative, you know, eating like veggie burgers, quinoa and ketchup for like weeks straight. And it was during COVID. So there was a government mandate where it's like, oh, all y'all are getting checks. You guys are going to get checks. You're going to be okay. And I'm like, oh man, you know what? I I don't want to take it, but I know like this is going to help me out. And the check never came. Came from my twin brother came for his girlfriend, came for each one of my family members, didn't come. That was what I needed. It was really hard to swallow until I realized after a few months later, you know what? I I made it alone without it. I didn't need it. I didn't need a government or a system to take care of me. I had my family. They were helping me. I had some friends who were morally encouraging me and supporting me, and I just made it work. I just made it work, man. And every entrepreneur, I've made it a point to (laughs) get in rooms where I'm the youngest, dumbest, and most broke. And being in the room with Steve's network and seeing people who are doing six figures, multi-six figures, seven figures, eight figures, nine figures a month. I don't know a single one of them who's a socialist. I don't. I don't. You want to know why? Because I think the people who hate capitalism, aren't benefiting from it. And they they want capitalism, but only when it helps them out. Like, oh, if I'm making it, like, no, don't take my money. Like, I'm making it. But it's like, oh, but I don't have the money I want. Well, the government should give me more. Well, the rich need to give me more. It's like, no, man, it doesn't work like that. And when it comes to, you're Christian, I'm a Catholic. I was brought up, oh, money's the spawn of Satan. You're, you're going to hell. You make a lot of money, you're evil. Uh, what's the Bible passage? Uh, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than it is for a wealthy man to enter the kingdom. And people will bring that up over and over again. But we don't define what wealth actually is, all right? Listen, you could pray all you want for the hungry children in the world to get food, but your prayers don't buy bread. They don't, they don't help anybody. I, I, I don't understand. And I know praying is important. Hope and prayer is an important spiritual strategy that can't be denied. But when it comes down to it, you can't give $5 to the poor. If you don't have $5, you can't buy bread for people or make bread for people. If you cannot afford the materials, it doesn't work like that. It drives me nuts. When people go, oh, well, capitalism's evil. I know some entrepreneurs who moved from socialist countries, from Venezuela, from Russia, and they're terrified when they hear the conversation of, oh, well, we need more socialism, like capitalism's evil. They're like, no, please don't, don't go, go, don't go to that. We came from Venezuela. Don't, don't socialism. You don't want socialism. So I think, honestly, I think if you hate capitalism, go and live in a socialist country for two years, come back, and then we can have a conversation because then you actually know what it is and experience what it's like. But man, when it comes to like bringing Jesus and God and love, whatever you believe, you might be an atheist and you just might believe in the power of love. That's fine. Like it doesn't matter what you believe in. But when it comes down to it, if you feel bad about making money in business, it's because you believe your product or service doesn't actually help people. And that's, that's a problem. That's a problem because maybe, maybe you are a scam artist. Maybe you're just selling stuff just to make money. And that's not what Jesus talks about. If you want to become wealthy and be, and if you want to be rich, do it in the right way. Because then you're like, yeah, I sell a $10,000 coaching course and look at how it's affected all of my clients and what it's done for their businesses, for their clients, for their families. And I can take some of that money. I can give 5K away to the poor and feed a small village for three weeks. Oh my gosh. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'm going to burn in hell for making 5k to give to the poor. What's the matter with you? I, I, I gotta say, I, I love the word. I love the teachings. I love the principles, but the institution is so backward. Um, it, it just is. So there is, there's, I think if you're doing business, right, becoming wealthy, is a good thing. That is a moral thing. That is something Jesus wants. I don't think God wants us to be broken, miserable. Why would he? 
Why? There's, there's no reason. If you're doing it right, um, I think there's a passage that says, you know, it's, it's about taking heaven and bringing it to earth. It's like, yeah, you can do that for people. You can genuinely do that. And when I eventually did get that COVID-19 check that I never got, you know what I did with it? Just moved it to charity. You know what? Because I didn't need it. I proved I was okay. And now I could take that money and move it to people that really do need it. People that don't have any mobility of social mobility, people that have truly have nothing. So, I mean, if that's an, if that's unethical and that's not what the Bible says, which is debatable and, and I can't go to heaven for actually helping people, then I guess I do belong in hell. That's it. Well, damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, listen, I don't need to ask no more questions after that. That was, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just end this right here. Like, that was fire. Hey, Paul, pass around a collection plate, bro, because my offering will be going to the children's ministry. Right. <laughs> oh, we're donating to a charity of your choice, David. Oh, my your choice, David. <laughs> um, no, man, that was, wow. Wow. That one was, was deep. Mm. um my goodness i gotta let that one marinate uh so we, we 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 have a segment uh on our show that we started doing which is our black health segment and basically that's just a segment where we kind of talk about some disparities in, in in the black community with health and things like that um so i'm just gonna do a a, a quick segue into that and then i'm gonna pass it over to paul and we'll probably wrap it up because damn what more is there to say after what David just said? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for today's Black Health segment, guys, um, I do want to bring you a, another fact from VeryWellHealth.com, which talks about the fact that Black men have a high suicide rate, and it's the third leading, leading cause of death in 15 to 24-year-old Black men. So um, for our younger audience that's listening, uh, take your mental health serious, right? Um, I think it's very common uh, in the black community and as men, uh, especially, you know, to kind of put our feelings off to the side and feel like, you know, like I'm good, I got it, we're men, we don't express our feelings, we're tough, rah, rah, you know, but just know none of us are bulletproof um, and none of us are invincible. So if you are going through something, you know, feel free to reach out to me and Paul. Uh, you know, we'd love to, to chat with you. We'd love to help you. We'd love to point you in a direction that would be more beneficial for you as well if we're not uh, of help. But definitely take your mental health seriously, guys. Um, personal development has been so key in my life from 2014 when I started doing it, reading books, listening to podcasts, all that good stuff. Um, surround yourself with the right people as well. You know, I, you heard us talk about network a little bit at the beginning of the show. And if you have good people around you, you know, you're destined to reap good things as well. Um, I remember one quote that I heard that has always stuck with me was by uh, one of the late great motivational speakers of his time, which was Jim Rohn. And Jim Rohn talked about the fact he would say, if you hang around with five broke people or four broke people, guess what? You're going to be the fifth person or the sixth person. So essentially, you are the company you keep. Um, you know, if you if you want to soar, you got to run with the eagles. You know, if you want to be in a good position, you got to surround yourself around people that are in a good position that can kind of help you as well. So take care of your mental health, guys. Um, suicide is, is, is something that we take serious here at OTC. And, um, you know, we're here for anyone that is going through it and would love to talk. Um, with that being said, Paul is going to go ahead and give you the number if you decide to take us up on that offer. And he's going to talk to you about something else, which if you've been listening to the show, you already know what time it is. So 
Paul, go ahead and do your thing. Man, I wasn't even going to talk about the shirts today after all of everything, but who would I be if I didn't? <clears throat> Listen, first of all, uh, first thing is important. If you want to talk about some mental health, do this. We're going to do this right now. Text mental health to, uh, to 321-384-6275. That is mental health to 321-384-6275. Mental health to 321-384-6275. And if you're trying to look fly, if you're trying to be stunned on people, you're trying to flex on everybody, if you're trying to get out on the streets, if you're trying to go to the clinic and just, just ball out on the rest of your coworkers, because here's the issue. A lot of y'all going to work, you went in the scrubs, you got on the, the button down or whatever, and you look like everybody else. Nobody cares about that. That doesn't make you stand out. You know what would make you stand out? These shirts. Yes, sir. These hoodies. Yes, sir. Text the word shirt. 321-384-6275. We have the black. We have the white. We have the gray. We might bring the red back if, you know, Carl lets us do that. That's really, you know, him and y'all know these Kappas. But look. All I'm saying is, if you're trying to look fly, if you're trying to look good, and you're trying to make sure that you are understood, text the word SHIRT to 321-384-6275. Again, 321-384-6275. Come look fly with us. That's all. Yes, sir. Appreciate you for that, Paul. Oh, man. David, bro, thank you so much. This was this was enlightening. This was awesome. This was, this was another fire episode. <clears throat> I hope you guys really like take a lot of these gems that David threw in there and actually go do something with it. Um, we tell you guys all the time, you know, for us, we do this for y'all, right? We honestly could have stopped OTC a while ago, but we keep doing it because people are getting value from it. Um, and, you know, we, we got some more, amazing guests coming up in the in the near future as well and we're going to keep this train going but to our lovely listeners if this is your first time listening to OTC welcome uh please make sure you go hit that subscribe button on the podcast app whether it's Apple Spotify whatever you're listening it to we're on every platform so you're in luck and if you are one of our recurrent listeners I keep saying this and I'm going to continue to say it. go rate the podcast, right? You guys always want to send us all these messages and stuff about, yo, that guest was amazing. And I want to start this business, et cetera, et cetera, which is cool guys, but go leave all that stuff down in the rating section for the podcast, because the more ratings we get, the more influential the podcast is, the more other people see the benefit as well and the value that we're bringing and the value and the guests we're bringing, such as David. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, is giving you guys the value to be able to take your life to the next level and your business to the next level for our entrepreneur friends. Um, David, for anybody who's listening and this is their first time being exposed to you, my man, what would be some contact information or uh, social media info that you would want to leave with them? Yeah, thanks, man. I would say you can follow me on Facebook. I'm the most active there. Just type in David Cardolano. I'm going to spell that out. C-A-R-T-O-L-A-N-O. It's this guy wearing a red suit with a big smile because uh, I, I don't look cool in pictures. I just smile because that's that's who I am. So you can take a look there. I, I do a lot of posting. I add stories every single weekday, trying to give to the community like, hey, this is how to do ad stuff. This is how to do email stuff. I would also say you can check out my podcast, which is the Stop Their Scrolling podcast. If you're interested in this more like marketing ads, copywriting world, then check that out. And again, <laughs> man, I, I'll, I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you all the good. I'll tell you all the bad because I just think that's that's what we owe people. So that's where you can find me. Uh, if if you're really interested in like writing ads and writing them very, very quickly, I would say go to cyborgsalescopy.com and like that, that'll take care of you. If, if you're still like starting out in copywriting and you want to write ads for people, then that's your first step. Go ahead, go get it. Uh, I don't have a t-shirt because I'm not as cool as Paul and Carl, but uh <laughs> 
go get their t-shirts guys leave a rating on them i've been on a lot of podcasts and uh they just did a freaking amazing job so get a t-shirt appreciate that t-shirt time um no man thank you we we appreciate you it's it's definitely been a, a pleasure and uh this one will definitely go in in the archives as another phenomenal episode that we recorded so thank you for adding on to the running list of legends living legends that we have so um again guys you know what time it is it's time to say ta-ta for now but with that being said we'll see you next time we love you guys we appreciate you peace many blessings Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.